You're listening to Inside Lebo, a podcast giving you an inside look at Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, produced by Mount Lebanon's Public Information Office. Hello and welcome to Inside Lebo. I'm your host, Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner, Ian McMeans. And I'm Assistant Public Information Officer and Senior and Online Editor, Rachel Windsor. So since it's winter time and occasionally there's those little white things flurrying down in the air that we don't like to talk about too much, it's the perfect time to sit inside with a good book under a blanket and stay warm or attend one of the many programs offered by the Mount Lebanon Public Library. So today our guests are the Library's Associate Director of Public Services, Sharon Bruni, and Librarian Eric Meisberger to discuss all the wonderful options. Welcome to you both. And why don't we kick off with you telling us what you're reading right now? Okay, um, so in February, um, the library um, celebrates Black History Month. And um, during this month, we have a lot of displays and book lists throughout the library. And, um, and I um, personally am reading a few books that um, are, in, in, are very good suggestions for people if they want to read. Um, black author this month. Um, we recommend reading black authors all throughout the year, but if you particularly want to read and celebrate Black History Month, this is these are the books that I'm personally reading. So I'm reading a memoir. Um, it's um, The memoir is by Barbara Chase Rebo, and she is um, she's a living African-American artist. She's an author. She's an award-winning poet. And she had an extraordinary life. And she wrote this memoir um, as a, in a form of letters that she wrote to her mother. Um, it actually, there are actually 600 letters that, wow. that make up this entire memoir. Um, she forgot about the letters, and then after her mother's death, she discovered them in a blue box in, in the closet in her mother's house. And that inspired her to kind of write her life story. Um, so. After, after graduating as the first African-American woman to attend Yale's um, School of Art and Architecture with an MFA, she received a Prix de Rome prize, and she went and set off on a cruise ship to Europe in 1957 to um, be a fellow at the American Academy at Rome. And what's really interesting about this story is that it's full of charm and excitement of a young woman going out into the world and just discovering Europe and the the art scene and the um, intellectuals that kind of circle around that scene. And I think that I want to read a little passage from the book because I think she captures this experience of what she wanted to do with this book the best in her introduction. So I'm just going to bear with me and read this little bit from the introduction. Um, so um, the stories begin um, with my mother embarking a teenage girl, me, on a French liner, La Flandre, bound for France. And it ends with the same mother leaving the daughter still standing, but alone. It is a book about perfection, about striving, about ambition and youth about years when one's purpose in life was to learn everything you could learn, understand everything you could understand, do everything you can do, travel, read, study literature, art, and philosophy, absorbing it all in order to figure out who you are and who you might become, to try out smart aleckness and arrogance, downright silliness and naivete, wild ambition and all kinds of delusions, 
to discover love and sex and all the terrific and terrible implications, including disappointment and betrayal, loss as well as power and glory, who you are in the eyes of mothers and who you are in the eyes of a loved one in your own eyes. All this while standing on a ledge, overhanging an abyss, trying to find out in your own eyes your own pride and identity in a careless and indifferent world, obedient to your upbringing and confident that you will see it through. Always, at least in my case, experiencing the best, not the worst. So it's really, it's a fantastic story. And in her travels with her first husband, um, the photographer Mark Rimbaud, she just travels at the most incredible time period of history. She goes through um, socialist China, Mao's China, um, she experiences the Pan-African um, Festival in Algiers, where she meets the founders of the Black Panther movement, Yui Newton, Eldridge and Kathleen Cleaver, and parties um, in Spain, where she dances with James Baldwin, and she goes into the house of Salvador Dali. She walks through the streets of Antibes in France with Picasso, and through Paris with Jackie Onassis. So she just has an incredible life. Her sculptures, um, have been in world-renowned museums and shows in the Metropolitan New York, in MoMA, in the Pompidou Center in Paris, um, and she did a very fantastically well-regarded series in the 1970s on Malcolm X of, of bronzes. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastically told story in her own words, so highly recommend it. That sounds fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of history there, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I've been getting into this uh, this writer, and we're probably going to get back to her uh, a little bit later on in the in the podcast. But a very prolific writer named Abby Van Diver, and she also writes under the pen names Abby Colette and Cade Bentley. And um, I came to her through Cozy Mysteries because uh, Sharon and I are, are two thirds of the uh, shelf motivated podcast that the library does. And <clears throat> careful podcast listeners of Shelf Motivated will know. That I'm the cozy mystery guy. I love I love the cozy mysteries, and um, she wrote a series called the uh, Books and Biscuits Mysteries, and uh, yeah, I'm really beginning into her other uh, series as well. She's got the Ice Cream Parlor Mysteries, the Logan Dickerson series, uh, the Romaine Wilder series. She's got two or three other mystery series, just so prolific. And then beyond that, she's got. Um, uh, not not series books, but but a standalone novel that she wrote as uh, using the pen name Kate Bentley called Where Wild Peaches Grow, which I'm very interested to get into. It's sort of a, a novel about uh, sisters and sort of growing up, and um, it's it's not really a YA book. It's more of a um, not not even so much a coming of age book, but it's just really about family interactions and generational interactions and trying to figure all that out which I find fascinating from someone who writes what we consider quote-unquote genre fiction. Like, oh, she writes these mystery novels. Here she's also writing novels and, you know, literary fiction. So I'm very interested in that. So that's what I've been getting into lately. Cool, cool. So um, you mentioned some of the uh, things that the library has going on this month and some of the books you're currently reading. So what else is happening at the library? Um, so we have um, our winter reading program going on right now, um, and the winter reading program um, is for all ages. If you go to our library's website, which is mountlebanonlibrary.org, you'll notice that we'll have a spotlight for our winter reading program, and if you click on it, it will take you to different tabs for each of the age groups. 
Um, each of the programs are being run a little bit differently. The children's program is um, organized so that families come into the library and interact with the librarians. And um, so they have to actually come in to get um, the game board that they need to play um, and participate in the um, winter reading program. Um, and the teen program is run on a bingo, bingo part card kind of game strategy. And again, I, I believe that they need to come into the library, but there might be a, um, a PDF of one on the website, I think, for them to print out. And for the grown-ups, we decided to make it simple, especially if you've got some teens and some kids and you're running around the library and you've got bingo cards and you've got game boards and everything else. If you're a grown-up and you want to do winter reading, log on to the library, check out you know, mountlebanonlibrary.org, go to that adult tab, and you can log all of your winter reading online. So it's, it's all done through, through the online portal. Very simple, very easy to follow, very easy to do. Cool. And I wanted to mention a special program that the children's librarians are putting on this Sunday. They have started a whole series of programs called Sunday Fun Days, and they are um, kind of family-directed programs. So the children's librarians curate the programs, and they base them on a particular theme, and everything is available with lots of wayfinding in the library for families to come in and kind of just work through the program from 1.30 to 4. And, um, and then it's, it's just a, a nice way to bond with the library and do something together. And this particular Sunday on, on February 4th in celebration for Black History Month, the librarians are putting on, they have a really special self-directed program based upon a um, Caldecott honor book called There Was a Party for Langston, King of Letters by Jason Reynolds, illustrated by Jerome Pumphrey and Jarrett Pumphrey. And I know that you're, this is a podcast, so you can't see this, but this book looks so cool. I wish you could all see the cover of this book. It's this beautiful blue cover with a sort of kid kind of sitting on a, on, on a crown. It's just it's striking and it's beautiful and it's the kind of thing that a kid or an adult would just be drawn to and want to open up and see what's inside. Well, it's kind of a very interesting story how Jason Reynolds decided to write this book because he he's known to be kind of a middle grade or young adult writer and he's award-winning in those categories so this is his first picture book and um, where he came to this is he had seen a photograph and I don't know if he saw it in the archives but he saw this photograph from the Schomburg Center which is the New York Public Library's Center for African American Studies or Black Studies throughout the globe I should say and there was a picture of Maya Angelou and Amarie Baraka dancing together um, at this party in celebration of the inauguration of the Langston News Auditorium and Langston Hughes's ashes are actually buried under the floor of this auditorium. And so he was really struck by kind of this, this wonderful sense of joy of these two incredible poets that he admired dancing on the ashes of the father of their inspiration and that it was in a library and that they were having a party amongst other books of other authors that build up this foundation of the story. So his words are very poetic and musical throughout. And he also leaves a lot of space for illustration. And the illustrators, the Pumphrey brothers, are incredible. All the illustrations are hand stamped. And so there's just like beautiful colors that kind of just wrap around the words of the story. And again, if I have a minute, I'll quickly just read you a short passage just to give you a taste of it. Sure. So Langston was the best word maker around 
could make the word mother feel like real warm arms wrapped around you, giving a snug hug. Could make the word America look like two friends making pinky promises to be cool to be true. Could make the word Harlem sound like the perfect place to have a party, make it seem like you could bust a move right here in the H or the L or the M of it. And the illustration is an evening cityscape of Harlem. It's the brownstones and the apartment buildings, and they're lit up from the inside. And throughout, you see the tenants of the residents dancing in different postures, and the lights spell out the H, the A, the R, the L, E, E, and the M, where new dances are born. And it's just such a beautiful musical story that I think all ages, both adults and children, could enjoy. So the program celebrates words for children discovering the beauty of poetry, constructing words themselves, and um, reading the story and appreciating it together. And one of the other things that the library offers, if people aren't kind of sure where to start, is you have suggested reading lists as well for people. Absolutely, yeah. We, we spend a lot of time. The children's librarians have incredible amount of reading lists for all ages, all areas of interest. And we, I think on the adult side, we, especially during our seasonal reads, we try to do a good amount of reading lists, a good amount of displays, and we change them up. Um, regularly throughout the season so I think it's 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 definitely worth a trip in um, but you know what's great about the library let's other than everything what's great about the library is yeah if you need a place to start you can uh-huh. use those those curated book lists those help out immensely if you want to do your own thing completely we're there for you. You can jump into the adult summer read, the adult winter reading, I should say, or the summer reading when we do it, and read what you want to read. Mm-hmm. And that's your summer reading, your winter reading, your experience. Uh, we're, we're there for you to give you some, some help, to point you in a direction if you ask. But we've got a, a lot of books at our disposal, a lot of electronic resources at our disposal, a lot of ways to get you the stuff that you want to read. doesn't have to be on our lists. Although we'd like to help you find something now. <laughs> We do love to help you find it, though. That's true. And Eric, you have a program also coming up for Black History Month. I do, I do. Talking about Abby Van Diver um, on Thursday, February 29th at 7 p.m., that writer that I spoke about earlier uh, who writes under the names Abby Colette and Cade Bentley, Abby Van Diver, she's going to be joining us at the library for a discussion of her craft, her writing, her her different series, how she has written her newest novel. Uh, So we're really excited to welcome her, and that's going to be at the end of February, February, Thursday, February 29th at 7 p.m. Leap day. Leap day, yes. Uh, An auspicious day for many reasons. (laughs) Absolutely. And if I can make a shameless plug as a frequent user of the library services, um, if people haven't downloaded the Mount Lebanon Library app, it is extremely useful because I can't think of how many times someone's been like, hey, you should read this book. And I'll just pull out my phone and either go into Goodreads and be like, I want to read this later, or just go on the library app and find it. And it's if the Mount Lebanon Library doesn't have it, the app has access to the whole Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh system. So it might be like, oh, the Brentwood Library has it, and I can hit request, and then it'll be on the hold shelf in a few days for me to go pick up. And now that you have the outdoor holds lockers, which are awesome, people can come at any time of day and pick up their holds outdoors. So for people out there who may 
work during many of the hours when the library is open and may find it difficult to find time to go there. The outdoor hold shelves are a really nice resource uh, that the library has added to make uh, books and materials more accessible for people around the community. Oh, thank you. And that's a nice plug. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will learn more about what's going on at the library this month. And we are back. This is Rachel Windsor, Assistant Public Information Officer, and Ian McMeans. So we started to talk a little bit about reading lists. Um, could you tell us more about the Black History Month reading list that you have put together? Sure. Um, so it's a, a list that I think we were thinking, we, we often think like this, so it's not a new thought for us, but um, we really wanted to highlight the incredible range of um, types of books that are available um, by black authors. And I know that um, many of you probably have seen the Academy Award winning nominated film American Fiction. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, and it's a book, it's a movie that's based on a book by Percival Everett, um, who wrote a book in 2001 called Erasure. And um, it's a book about how um, it can be constricting to be a popular black author because um, the market drives you to write about a specific storyline. And that's a storyline that oftentimes embraces kind of like tragedy and poverty and um, sometimes criminality and addiction and um and that's such a narrow line it's like a one flat story and sometimes it can become even comical because of how it's forced upon um the writers of um of of popular um uh, popular books and so Percival Everett is a great author I highly recommend any of his books I specifically recommend Trees. I really love that book. I, I predict a series coming out in the near future. But um, he has a great sense of satirical humor. And he has a character, Thelonious Monk, who um, is this very um, well-acclaimed author, literary author, um, actually has an interest in the classics. Um, and his works did get acclaimed, but he wasn't really selling. And so um, he, he comes across this um, female best-selling author who only visited Harlem like one, a very short time for her relatives. And she wrote this very kind of um, formulaic book about like the black urban experience. And it's a bestseller. She gets a movie deal. So he, he, he gets so angry that he writes this kind of like an, an intentional book to like comment on that. And oddly, it's got published and it becomes a success and it makes him very angry and so with that in mind um kind of thinking of like how do we as consumers of books how do we make certain that the market isn't so constricted how do we make sure that authors of varied talents and expressions have a chance to get their books published and read and as a library we have some ability to do so by making sure that we publish independent presses and smaller presses and books that express a wide range of emotion and content. And so that book list that 
we're hoping to put out with a display in fiction and nonfiction for adults is definitely going to show this range of genres. Like there'll be mysteries and cozy mystery authors. There'll be romance authors and authors that write about nature and cooking and all different wide range of subjects. So that's sort of what the book list will look like. Yeah, it, and it's that idea that too, one of the things that, that we love at the library and that we love about what we do is being able to increase the, the, the width and the depth of reading about what you already love. And that's been something that I have really come to over the last few years in a way that I hadn't really before. I, I found my reading being a little bit more adventurous and being a little bit more maybe outside of the, the, the range that I would have just normally gone to. And I feel like we have some really great opportunities to, to offer that to the community here. So, you know, maybe you love books by like, you know, Colleen Hoover or Danielle Steele. You're a real you're a real romance person. Try a book by Jasmine Guillory or Talia Hibbert or uh, Etta Easton. Right. This is, you know, Penguin is, is, is publishing a ton of amazing, you know, black uh, romance novelists right now. And that's something that you can look into. You know, maybe you love uh, sci fi. Um, try somebody like N.K. Jemisin or, you know, more classic writers like Samuel Delaney or Octavia Butler, you know, places that you can go to get the kinds of books that you know that you love, mm -hmm. but you're still broadening that experience and you're, you're going a little deeper and, and getting a, the, the same kind of fiction that you love, but maybe getting it from a different place. And that's an eye-opening experience mm -hmm. and it makes reading fun and it makes it an experience and it makes it a, a, a discovery again. It's richer. It does expand. You get tired reading the same things over and over. And it's always that surprise of like a new storyline that really opens your eyes and yeah. makes you love reading more and more. And, and it's I, not and it's not just the, the fiction. Of course these things exist in, in fiction and in genre fiction and literary fiction, the kind of stuff that, that Sharon was talking about. Um, but you know, take like uh, American history. You know, you can look at uh, writers like Diana Rami Berry or um, Kaylee Gross or Nicole Hannah-Jones, you know, they're, they're all writing about American history in ways that maybe if you're a history buff, you hadn't read books quite like that before. And so these things are out there, they, they, they exist and we can tap into them and really get a, a new way of looking at something that we already love. And that's super exciting because it can kind of reignite what you like and that's fun. Yeah, that, that is really cool, especially uh, like you mentioned with the history stuff. I remember listening to a podcast one time, um, and they it was a history show, and they basically started the podcast, their first episode, by saying, the history you learned in school was probably British history from the very British perspective of everything the British did was always good. And then it was American history, and, and getting that different perspective of let's tell the story in a different way or from a different point of view or things like that can just be fascinating and really eye-opening, and I think you're right, just kind of expand your, your horizons too. Um, the one other cool thing I think that the library does, um, and I know obviously being librarians, you are very, very focused on books and getting people to read, which is a wonderful thing, um, but on your movie shelves, you also have kind of monthly staff picks of things that are recommended yes. for if people may not have time to sit down and go through a whole novel, if they want something a little shorter and quicker, uh, you know, a one and a half to two hour movie that the staff kind of recommends based on whatever theme is happening that month um, is another nice option. And the library also has a really cool board game shelf as a huge board game nerd. I highly recommend going and checking out the board games the library has to offer. That collection keeps growing, by the way. It's wonderful. People, people really do love it. So stop yeah. in and see 
the the board games we would we'll, we'll be happy to show them to you and there's actually a group that meets at the library on Tuesday evenings around seven o'clock. So, and it's very open. So you can just come. I think they select the games that night. So if you want to get out of the house this winter and meet some new people, I highly recommend that. And our our senior services librarian, our new librarian Jane, has started some board games for seniors in the afternoon. So look out for those as well. That's really cool. And then one other thing that is coming up soon is the Library Speaker Series. Uh, last year we had a hugely successful event with Colson Whitehead. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about this year's author? Sure. Um, this year we're hosting Michael Pollan. Um, it's a little later this year than we normally have it. I believe it's May 1st. And um, we, um, we thought that we would try um, an author that was a little bit of a departure for us. We've never had an author that came in that spoke about um, the environment and, um, and nature and, and, and food writing. He has such a range. So we thought we would um, try something different. And we've gotten a good um, t success so far in ticket sales. So people are interested in having him here. And we have a local... Um, um, author who is going to be the person that it's going to be an interesting format. It's going to be in conversation with Michael Pollan. And so Mary Lynn Pitts, who recently wrote a book about the Kaufman family and who has, who was a reporter for the Post-Gazette and actually won a Pulitzer for her reporting on the tree of life shooting. Um, she's going to be the, um, the interviewer or the person that is going to be in conversation with Michael Pollan. So we really expect it to be an intimate and interesting evening. Yeah, tickets are available on our website. You can get them there. Uh, we are not selling them in person. We are selling them online. So be sure to visit the website to get tickets to the Speaker Series event this year. And that is MountLebanonLibrary.org. Correct. All right. Great. Well, I think that's about all we have uh, time for today. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. That's it for this edition of Inside Levo, produced by Carrie Magno, with music by Drew Magno and graphics by Chris Leeper. And if you enjoyed our conversation today with our wonderful folks from the library, you can also check out their shelf-motivated podcast as well. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Inside Lebo. Thanks for listening to Inside Lebo, produced by Mount Lebanon's Public Information Office. Learn more about all things Lebo at mountlebanon.org or by following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. 